God said that your children are going to be saved. I don't care what drug has gripped its hand over them. I don't care what vice of this world is holding them. The blood is greater than the vice. And if God said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your house shall be saved, then I fully expect to come back to this house and see you worshiping and praising God with your children standing right next to you. You either pull down strongholds or they pull you down. You either cast down imaginations of the enemy or they cast you down. You either bring every thought captive obedient to the word or those thoughts will bring you captive obedient to darkness. So the weapons that we have are not carnal, but they are mighty. I got news for you. We're coming into a move of the Spirit that the half has not yet been told. We have been so complacent to think that we've been there, seen that, and done it. Our eyes haven't seen it yet. Our ears haven't heard it yet. Neither have entered into our hearts, but I got a word for you. The camels are coming. The light has come. The Gentiles are coming. The sons are coming. The daughters are coming. They're coming. They're gathering. And our hearts are going to swell with joy. We're going to overflow with the radiance of the glory of God. It's not going to be like it was. It's going to be greater than anything the earth has ever seen. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for being here today. It's great to see your lovely smiles. If you are a guest today, there is a Connect card in front of you or a QR code. You can just scan it with your phone. We would love to get to know a little bit more about you. Live streamers, thank you for joining us. We miss you. We hope that you can be here with us soon. Um, we have a lot going on, so I'm excited to tell you some things. But before I do that, I was thinking today about how Jesus told his disciples the fields were white with harvest. And there was a harvest that was ready to happen, and he wanted his disciples to be paying attention to that. But what hit me this morning as I was thinking about that field ready for harvest is that at some point that field had been planted for harvest. So how can you, as the body of Christ, be planting seeds to prepare for that harvest? Jesus is coming back, and I want to be ready, and I want the world to be ready with me. Right now I'm planting my garden. It is ripe for planting. How can you be planting in the souls around you? And there's some great ways you can be involved here in our church. One of those is that um, you can attend home group tonight, five o'clock. You can bring a friend. It is a great way to connect. We're having a cookout and it is going to happen at the Knoxville Park at five o'clock. So bring a friend and come tonight to this awesome home group. This is a great way to bring somebody. Another way that you can plant seeds is to work at the Sydney Farmer's Market. They hand out hot dogs on Saturday mornings and they pray. Lots of good testimonies come out of that. So find a way to be a part of that. You can sign up out there. Another way that you can minister is to work in our own church's garden, and that'll be coming soon. So be paying attention for opportunities that you have to work in our own garden where we can minister here in Botkins. Jesus says the field is ripe. We need to be planting. 
Another thing that I want to mention is that there are people walking around with prayer cards right now. If you need prayer in any way, fill out those cards and they will collect them from you. We would love to be ministering to you. Not only do we want Jesus to be working through you, we want to be working in you through our prayer. So please make sure you fill that card out and receive any ministry that you need. Pastor Randy and Pastor Nicole have come today, and they're going to be bringing us a special update on pastors. So, Pastor Randy and Pastor Nicole, tell us about this. Thank you, Miss Charity. How's everybody doing today? Come on, everybody be happy to be house, in the house of the Lord today. Yes. Well, hey, we have another update, and we have some more amazing news. So, as you all had probably heard through our Only Believe Facebook page, the pastor was downgraded to a regular room, right, from ICU. It's called a step down. So everybody knew that, right? Mm -hmm. We were all thanking the Lord. If you didn't know that, he has been up, downgraded. We, we were all praying for him to come awake, and then as quickly as he came awake, we were praying that he would be back asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen, sister. The same havoc he was giving the nurses before he went in was the same havoc he came out giving them after. Woo. Hallelujah. It's hard to keep a good man down, I'll it, say it that. It really is. So... After the step down, he was supposed to stay in the regular yes. hospital yep. for two to, days, two to three days and then be put into a, another rehabilitation center center for 10 to 20 days. Yep. For and every day they say you're in the ICU, it takes six days to fully recover. So we still have a lot of recovery to do, but... But what happened was, is he was recovering so well in the hospital, they denied him that 10 to 20 days in a rehabilitation center. Come on, you guys. Amen. And so they sent him home. Hey, isn't that right, Pastor? Hey, Pastor, am Come I telling out. the truth? Am I telling the truth? Did they send you home? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, baby. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Amen. Somebody said, well, you were pretty sick. I said, sick? I wasn't sick a day. Then I was gone. God told me what would happen. He prophetically spoke to me the day it happened through Dr. Robelu and said, your pastor will stand face to face with his adversaries. And I stood there face to face with my adversaries. And out of those days, God raised me up. So don't tell, don't tell me I was sick. I wasn't sick. I didn't have a cold. I didn't have the flu. I didn't have pneumonia. Well, I, you know, honey, they say I had pneumonia, but that's not what it was about. I understand. understand. You want to throw it on one thing. Here, get back over here. Okay. <clears throat> But He's on I am drugs. here. I am. I wish I was. I was. I am here today to tell you that that which took place 
was not natural. It was supernatural. And for somebody to say, well, you know, he just had a bout with this or a bout with that. No, I was in a war zone. And I was there for how many? 19 days. Not knowing where I was, but in a dark place that only God could redeem me from. And there is nothing natural about that. And there will never be anything natural about that. So, I just want to tell you that, you know what? I didn't have the sniffles. And I didn't leave the devil's adversarial affliction and grounds of confrontation with giving him just a sniffle. Listen, he never wants to meet me again. He does not want to meet me again. And I want to tell you something. God has been faithful. <clears throat> now Phyllis and I are going to go home because they gave us a whole bunch of brew and pink pills and we just need time to use them. That went over your head. And so we are taking, you know, the days off. They won't let me into rehab, so I have to break in and out of rehab. And uh, is uh, Madison here? No, no, Madison. His nurse. Ma the Madison, my his, nurse. His nurse. If that Madison, if you're here, raise your hand. She promised she would come, but. You know, it's a long drive. Yeah, but she said you were our worst patient, but you are our best patient. No, you're her favorite. Favorite, yeah. Favorite, favorite. patient. And uh, old Patrick, I had a pastor that was worked there, and he said, Lord, did we have a time last night? And I said, what was it? He said, some way you got free, you got on top of that bed and you was all through this ward he said finally we had to wrestle you down take you down and uh, so I was the outlaw some lady they had said to tie him down to keep him in the bed and uh, so some lady said well you and uh, your friend Dr. Obalu uh, have a lot of similarities. I said, similarities? He's black, six foot six. I'm five foot five and white. What similarities do you see in us? I had a great time in that hospital. 
prayed for people. We prophesied to people. Pete Phyllis led people to Jesus. And what I want to do today is my staff, they are an extension of your service to Phyllis and I. Those people every day stood with us. And if you couldn't be there, they stood there in your stead. We want to thank you as a congregation. Oh, my, yes. Because, again, this, oh. this was not a natural feat. This was not a natural, well, you know, the devil made them run out of gas. You know, no, there was nothing like that. Supernatural attack. It was a supernatural attack. And before the battle had begun, God had declared, the end on our behalf. And so, I want to tell you that I had men sitting with me all night. They sat there and, you know, tended to me, cared for me. Eric sat there like a son a friend. I discovered the love that I never thought that any man could know. And God blessed us. And we came to the place of knowing that people cared for us. And so, we just want to say thank you. We want to say thank you to our family, our friends, well, this church, they prayed, Pete. They fasted. Eric called every pastor, I think, that knows you. It, there was prayer going on 24-7 around the world for him. These people, listen, we're so proud of you. You stood in the gap for my husband. You did this. You did this. And, and I heard that Wednesday night you prayed. Everybody was praying, and there was a bigger crowd here on Wednesday night than normally because they just come to pray for a pastor. Listen, we can't tell you in words how much we appreciate what you have done. Seriously. And pastor says he's not on drugs, but he's on a few. So he can't. <laughs> You're on a few. <laughs> he gets out. I'm going to tell you a story real quick. He comes home, and the very day he comes home, I'm cooking in the kitchen, fixing him food. All of a sudden, I hear the lawnmower start. Oh, yeah. Now, he's wobbly like this. He gets on the lawnmower. I'm like, no, you can't do this. He did it anyway. I said, Pete, if you fall in the pond, I can't swim. I can't get you. I'll be fine. He, so he did that. So then he comes back in, the lawnmower cuts off, and I'm like, I can breathe, okay? It's like your two-year-old when you have a two-year-old. Oh, yeah, and you're chasing him. So then he gets on the four-wheeler. Oh, yeah, he takes off on the four-wheeler. 
And I don't know if I should tell the other one or not with the gun. I'll just Try say this. Tell me, you can't be shooting out over the rail. I said, I've been it's shooting. It's metal guns. between two little things like this. I and I said, Pete, if it hits that metal rail, it'll ricochet and it could kill you. He's like got nine lives, I think. I'm telling you. So he would not listen to one thing I said. So finally, I hit his bullets. He doesn't know that until she now. Didn't, she didn't hide him. I got thousands of bullets. <laughs> so anyway, a two-year-old, you know how you chase around a two-year-old? They're into everything. That was him. But I'm so glad and I'm so thankful for all of you. All of your prayers, all of that. So people say, do miracles still happen? Well, amen. Yeah. I don't know how many times I said, pull the plug. I don't know how many times my family said, no, we won't do it. My grandchildren stood, no, we won't do it. We won't do it. We won't do it. Well, I am a living miracle. Amen. Amen. And uh, not just because I don't have uh, pneumonia. Or the infection. Or anything else. <laughs> but God brought us out. Yes, he did, Pete. And yes, brought, he did. Yes. Yes, he and, did. Uh, and it's all for the prayers of you guys. I'm oh, yeah. serious. The Eric, prayers I know without that them, we have, he would have died. Uh, from uh, Togo, is it? we have uh, uh, some reports from Togo. We got reports from all over the world, Pastor. I mean, literally millions of people were praying for you. Millions of people were praying for you. And 24 hours a day, seven days a week on five continents of the earth. So uh, God, God heard the prayers of, of righteous people. Because the Bible says the affection for prayer yes, lots of people avail yes. much. Amen. And this church, the PDM partners, pastors around the world prayed for you day and night. Because I spoke with them day and night. And they wanted me to say congratulations, Pastor, because your miracle has been manifest in your body. Yep. Amen. Uh, they told me the story of, of this man in Togo. Uh, Togo is right along the coastal borders of uh, Africa. In fact, one of my uh, tending physicians was from there. And uh, I thought he was one of the best-looking men I had ever seen in my life. Bill said, no, no way. No. But I asked him out, so. He did not. Uh, <laughs> you did not. And uh, anyway... A man in Togo took a big, like a truck rim. Yeah, tell him, yeah, tell him that story. That's like good in a truck uh, rim and drug it up on top of the mountain. And he started beating on this rim. And he started burning incense up on this rim. And pretty soon... Here come hundreds, and pretty, pretty soon, here come thousands, and then more than thousands, 
5,000s. And they gathered in a valley at the bottom of the mountain in 110, 120 degrees. And and they brought their children and their families, and for three or four days, they fasted and they said, we are here to pray for Pastor Peter Dosett. And it it happened just, it, it just shakes your mind to see that people care for you and love you. And uh, all I can say is thank you. Thank you. you. And all that we can say as a family is thank you. Praise God. So who am I supposed to give this to? We are going to have praise and worship, Pastor. Oh. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Somewhere in that key. <laughs> um, when you're back fully, I'll, I'll be that one. We got some other ones today. No, 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 wait. I had to listen to you when I could not get how, away how from you. How did you remember that? Because people told me, oh, hey, some girl over here singing. I said, is she bad? They said, yes. I said, it must be Ashley. Oh, stop. And, and, uh, no, so, I told him in the hospital when he was not conscious, I said, I'm going to sing to you, Pastor but I get to choose the song today. And I knew it was going to come back and bite me. You're right. Right there, you've been bit. But what if... Didn't he fire you? We did. Oh, not yet. No, no, I have fired her. I thought he fired her. In fact, I told her at the hospital, I said, you know, if you didn't work for me, I'd hire you. He did. And now, so I would like to sing the song, I've Got a Feeling. I don't know that one. Oh, good night. Come on. Regina. I don't know that one. I got a feeling. I got a feeling. I don't know that one. No, I can't. Something. I'm going to sing something, yes. All I'm right, sing well, something. let's kick it hard okay, enough. Let's kick it off. Let's kick it. Ah, right, here's Regina. Regina knows it. He said he loves you all. He'll see you soon. about you. I may not know that song that he asked for. I'll probably have to learn it. But I don't know about you if you remember two weeks ago in this very building where the news wasn't the same. But today you got to witness your pastor, a living miracle, walk on this stage. And I think something should reflect that today. And it should be our praise. Our praise should reflect that today. Because you see, praise is a weapon. It's a weapon of our warfare. And there's nothing else that I'd rather do than praise God for what he's done. Amen? Come awake. You say, come awake. It's time to rise. Throw off chains. Run to the light and freedom.
shake the dust off and run to Jesus. Great behind me, shake the dust off and run to Jesus. Great behind me, shake the dust off and run to Jesus. Great behind, great behind me, shake the dust off and run to Jesus. morning church. We're going to take communion this morning and so I just want to invite you right now if you'd like to come down and grab your communion and you can take it back to your seat with you. I'll give you a moment to do that. Shake the dust on the run to 
take communion today. I want to want to read to you from John chapter 13. John's gospel is a little interesting. In John's gospel, John doesn't write about what Jesus says about the new covenant. In fact, what we call communion, John, he kind of skips over that a little bit. He just says that they were having a meal together and that they dipped bread together, but he but he leaves out what Jesus talks about. This is the blood of my co- or the new covenant. This is my body broken for you. He leaves that part out. And I think it's interesting because why? When all the other gospel writers felt it was so important to put that in there, why did John leave that part out? Well, here's what John does write in the segment of time when Jesus is giving the new communion to the 12 disciples. John writes this. He says that Jesus says, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me just And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. Verse 34 of John 13, he says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Verse 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So John, in the writing of his gospel, when he gets to this pivotal moment, one of the things that is most foundational in the church, anywhere you go in the world, you will identify believers when they partake of communion and when you see baptism happening. They're two signs that are universal. And yet when John gets to this moment, what he decides to focus on is the love that Jesus had for his people and the new commandment that he gives us to love one another. See, this is really challenging Because Jesus would go on to say the greatest love that anyone can show anyone is to lay down your life for your friend. Jesus, he knows what's coming. He knows that the cross is what's waiting for him. And he knows that the cross is his act of love. And he looks at his disciples and he says, this is what I need you to do. This is the way that they will know you're my followers is when you lay down your life for one another. Church, that's a radical call. It's not easy, and it's not a cliche to love one another. Jesus showed us what real love looks like. It looks like sacrifice. This is not a call for the weak. To partake of communion and to receive what Jesus did for us. Jesus says, you're not just receiving it from me, but you're receiving it so that you can go and share it with others. That when they look at you, they'll go, this looks like Jesus going to the cross. Paul in in Corinthians, in his letter to the Corinthian church, he actually 
writes to them and he criticizes them because in their communion, they're not doing that. They're not loving one another. Some are taking advantage of other people in the church. Some are looking down on other people of the church. And he calls them to repentance. And he says, you're not doing this in honoring Jesus. When Jesus looks at that church taking communion, Jesus would say, that's not what this is about. And so Paul calls them out on it. I think that it's really important for us to realize that love is one of the most foundational things to our faith and it is a radical call to look at those sitting next to us in the pews and in the risers and to say, am I loving that person in the same manner in which Jesus Christ loved me? When they look at me, do they think that I'm sacrificing my life for their, for their sake? When they see me, do they think that I prefer them above myself? Because that's how Jesus was. Jesus wasn't considering his own self or his own risks or his own reward. Jesus was saying, I'm doing everything I'm doing for your benefit, not for mine. And he calls his church to be that way. And he says that when we do that, the world's going to take notice. Why? Because that is different. And it's what we're called to. That's what, when we take communion, that's, we're remembering what Jesus did so that we also remember what he's called us to do. And so as we take communion today, as we receive the body and the blood of our Savior, I just want to challenge us to take a moment and to reflect. I don't want us to just go through the motions of communion. It's easy to do that with, with tradition like this. It's one Jesus gave us, so we're keeping it. But it's easy to just sometimes go through the motions. It's easy to sometimes go through the motions of worship. But I want you to take, just take a moment to meditate on what this is all about. And as you do, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And if you know that within the church, that there's someone that you've wronged, that there's someone that you haven't loved the way that Christ calls us to love one another, to confess it, to repent, to give it to Jesus and say, Jesus, you've called me to something greater. And help me to live in it. Give me your grace until the life that you live becomes fully realized in my own life. Just like Paul said, it's not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. That is the call of the church, to surrender ourselves so much so that Christ is what's pouring out of our lives to everyone that we meet. That's what he calls us to. So let's open up the bread. If you will, just hold it up in the air. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what an amazing sacrifice. We could not express with human words our gratitude and the price that you paid to send your son to die for us, for our wrongs. Your son never sinned. He did nothing wrong. Everything that he endured, he endured for us. While we were your enemies, Jesus Christ died for us so that we could be forgiven, so that we can walk in a new life, in a new way. And Jesus calls us into a new life where we radically love one another. We need your help to do this. We need your help to form this kind of life in us. So we thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to pay the price so that we could have peace with God and then have peace with one another. Help us today. If there's any way, God, that we have wronged our brothers and sisters in the church, Father, we pray that we would confess it, that we would repent of it. Father, that we would make it right because that's what Jesus calls us to. We receive the body of Jesus this morning. Amen. Let's eat.
Father, we thank you for the blood of your Son. The blood that washes away all our sins. The blood that makes us righteous. That we are right with you. It's the blood that shows us that we can forgive one another because the price has already been paid for our forgiveness. That we don't have to demand, Father, that people do things to make it right for us. No, we can walk in the footsteps of our Savior and we can just forgive and we can love. But we need your help, Jesus. We can't do it without you. And you told us to pick up our cross daily and follow you. So today we pick up our cross. We remember how you sacrificed your life for us on the cross. And today we choose to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters as well. Lord, give us grace. Holy Spirit, be with us and lead us into the way the truth and the life that's found in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. As we go back into worship, I just challenge you that if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, if he reveals something that was in your heart, come down to the altar and give it back to him. Let's be a people that are willing to quickly repent and confess when the Holy Spirit leads us to so that we can be in unity and in peace and in love like Jesus wants us to be. Yeah. 
know, let's just sing this bridge this morning. If you want my heart, you got it. Come on, you got it. You got it. You got it. If you want my heart, you got it. 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 If you want my heart, you got it. 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 If you want my heart, you got it. You got it. beautiful daughter Adeline and I brought her with me because today is her 13th birthday I thought since she's officially a teenager and as a parent you know it's our job to embarrass our teenagers right that I'd I was gonna bring an embarrassing picture and put it on the screen but I decided to, she's my emotional support human today because I'm a little nervous so I'm I'm gonna be nice today so I was asked to share a little bit of a testimony with you guys. Um, back at the beginning of February, our washer decided its time has come. And I had started a load one night and I laid down. And a few minutes later, I smelt something horrible. So I got up to investigate and I noticed our laundry room was full of smoke. Um, and of course, my first thoughts went, oh great, what are we gonna do? We were going through a season of a lot of expenses, a lot of things breaking down, and I'm like, we can't afford to go and buy a brand new washer right now. Like, what am I gonna do? As a mom of three kids, we have a lot of laundry. And I also don't have a lot of time to constantly be going back and forth between a laundry mat. So I was like, you know what, God? I'm gonna sow a seed, I'm gonna believe, I'm gonna put my trust in you, and you're gonna take care of it. I know you will. However, if you want to say nicely, I'm a problem fixer. Um, I like to come up with solutions, or if you want to say anything, I'm a control freak at times. So I decided I would help the situation out, and I went to our neighbor who, um, he makes his living off of buying and selling things online, constantly getting things, fixing them, selling them for more than he's bought them for. So I went, Larry, we need a washer. Um, this is my budget. I can't afford any more right now. Can you find us something? And he said, sure, I got it. Next day, calls us up, says, I found a washer for you. It's this amount. Um, try it out. Run a few loads. See what, ha if you like it, pay me. If not, I'll find you something different. So we got it. It was less than what I could afford. I was like, good enough. I don't care. It ran. It did the job. But it was loud. It was small and loud. But I didn't care. I was like, I'll shut my laundry door every time I do laundry. I don't care. It works. And so I did it. Um, I paid him for it and we went on. A few weeks go by and our neighbor calls us and says, hey, I know I just got you a washer a few weeks ago, 
but my wife and I decided we're going to sell ours. It's only two years old. We bought it brand new, over $1,000. It's just the two of them living there. We, we want to give you first dibs on it. And we're like, okay, how much? He goes, I'll charge you only $300. You can make payments. We know you're good for your money. If, if not, I can sell it for double that, if not more. So Josh and I went back and forth. We're like, uh, you know, it, this, dry, this washer we have, it's working. Do we just want to deal with it? Or do we want to use some of our tax return that we were going to get to buy this washer and dryer? But I already had planned to use that to pay off some medical bills and stuff. So we're like, why not ask Larry if he'll sell the washer and dryer we have and whatever he makes out of it, we'll pay the difference. If he makes, we can at least get 150 probably out of it, we'll pay 150. So we went to Larry and he said, sure, fine with me. So he gave him the pictures of the washer and dryer and he put it online next day, sold him. We're like, oh, okay. So like, as long as they pick it up and pay me, my washer and dryer is yours. And we're like, okay, how much do, did you make off of it? $300. So we got this washer and a dryer for nothing. Like it was free. And he bring, we bring it, put it in our house. It's bigger than any washer and dryer we've ever had. I'm like, can do double the amount of laundry at a time. And it's quiet. And I was doing laundry and I go, this is what God wanted for us. I, he didn't want us to just have enough. He wanted us to be blessed. Luke 6.38 says, give and it shall be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. Malachi 3, 10 and 11, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there is no room enough to store it. No room. He didn't say, I'm just going to give you pour a little bit in your bucket just so you can get by. He didn't say just enough. He said, I want to bless you more then you can contain. And the problem was, I said, I trust you, God, but I'm also going to try and speed up the timeline and control it. Instead of just saying, okay, God, I trust you, and I'm going to let go, and I'm going to let you do your thing because he loves you, and he wants to bless you. So um, Addie is going to pray, and then you can bring your tithe and offering down. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to bless the offering and everyone who can and can't give, Lord. Help the message to impact everyone's lives and that people will use it every day. Thank you for healing Pastor and showing that miracles are possible. And please help everyone to have a safe trip home and have a good rest of the day. And thank you for wanting to bless us. Amen.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. It's, God is so good. And all the time, because that's his nature. Wow. Hallelujah. He's good all the time. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody happy? Amen. So good to be here. That was such a, a miracle to have him come out, you know, and uh, just we want to surprise you with that. So I know it was, I'm sure it was a surprise and it just, you know, helps build our faith and, and just, man, hallelujah. God is a good God and he answers our prayers. And, uh, never said it'd be easy in war. Never said it's going to be easy, but we definitely are winners. Hallelujah. And it was all of us together as a church and a family. So, again, we just, as Pastor Phyllis said, we can't thank you enough for that. That was beautiful. Beautiful. And he's still healing, as you know, so let's not let up. So he's still got to get stronger and we'll go from there. So it would be good to have him back in the pulpit. He did say that he'd like to have this a little shorter when he came back. So I don't know if we can get that done or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. You know, uh, two weeks, again, don't forget, Pentecost is June the 4th, two weeks away. And the first speaker up there has never been here before, Tony Suarez. Uh, when I was out there preaching in Colorado, I got to listen to him and I got to meet him. Man, he is power-packed. I mean power. So you don't want to miss uh, Tony Suarez Sunday morning and Sunday night. And again, bring all your kids because, again, VBS is going to be that night. We do that on purpose so it's easier for you. Bring in your kids, your neighbor kids, and all the kids. And uh, it's going to be a great VBS. We're talking on creation and who they are and their identity. Uh, they need to be taught the right way and the right identity today. So it's going to be imperative that you bring them out. Praise God. Hallelujah. And again, don't forget, 5 o'clock today, Nicole and I are going to be there. The staff's going to be there. We're going to have some fun uh, at New Knoxville Park at 5 o'clock and uh, bring a side dish. We got the hamburgers and hot dogs and stuff like that. We're going to play some games. We're going to have a good time as home groups all come together. So I think it's a little warmer today. Jeez, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. All right, well, today we want to finish. Well, I guess we're not going to finish up. I thought we were going to finish up, but I think... Uh, Nicole said that next Sunday she might talk a little bit more on the Holy Spirit before Pentecost the following Sunday. Um, but we want to continue, I guess, to talk about on the Holy Spirit. Uh, Pastor's last service that he preached was April 30th here, and he was talking on the Holy Spirit. We've been talking on the Holy Spirit for a few weeks now. On Wednesday nights, Nicole's been talking about it. I've been talking about the Holy Spirit on Wednesday night. Uh, she taught the youth on it. I taught the youth on a Sunday morning on the Holy Spirit. So we've just been on Holy Spirit mode uh, all Children's Church has been uh, right now talking on who is what they call it. Who is the Father? Who is the Son? Who is the Holy Spirit? So we're all about the Holy Spirit, so, which, is, which is cool. We're all grooving together all throughout the church, which is awesome. So I want to just um, kind of go over some stuff with you and just kind of recap about the Holy Spirit. I know we forget a lot of things, and so we just want to go over some things as, before I get into really Really, really what I want to talk to you today. You know, and what amazes me is, is, you know, when you say, oh, man, we got to talk about that again. Man, we already know everything there is. But you know what? When you say that kind of stuff, I always say, okay, but why have you watched Rambo 14 times? I know what I'm saying. You know, why have you, have you watched, oh, let's see, what is the girl? Oh, the girls, the notebook. Why have you watched it 17 times, ladies? Huh? I mean, come on. And you're still excited to watch Rambo the 18th time. You know? Or the notebook. 
But yet, when we say, you know what, we've got to continue to talk on the Holy Spirit. Well, I already know all about that. I only need to hear that one time. Anybody out there? Oh, man, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And we've been taught about everything in this book for 40 years or more, and we still know, well, and we really use it even smaller. All right. No more Rambo, more the Holy Spirit. Amen. (laughs) Are you still here? Okay, praise God. So let me do some recapping. Real quick, on the Holy Spirit, if you, especially if you're a new Christian out there, you're new to the church, not really sure. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity. We have God the Father, we have God the Son, and we have God the Holy Spirit. When I'm in other countries, a lot of the Muslims don't understand that. That's why they don't believe in God, because they don't understand the Trinity. How can that be? It's impossible. So obviously we say, well, listen, there's, there's three and one all over the place. Yeah, everybody uses the egg, you know what I'm saying? But hello, you are what? You're a spirit? You have a soul and you live in a body. I mean, the Trinity is everywhere. And so when they get that revelation, they're like, wow, okay, I understand that. So the Trinity is the third person in the Godhead. Notice I said he's a person. Uh-huh. He's not an it. He's not an energy. He's not a feeling. And he's not just a powerful force. He is a person. You know, he's not a dove. I heard that when I mean, and the Holy Spirit, the dove. What? He's not a dove. The Bible said he descended on Jesus like a dove. He's not a dove. You go over and you look in Acts chapter 2, when you're talking about Pentecost, it said the Holy Spirit came down like a fire, a wind, right? It wasn't that he is a wind. He was like a wind. If David and I were out shooting hoops, And man, I'll tell you what, he is burning the fire out of that net. Bro, man, you are like MJ, baby. I mean, man, you're Michael Jordan all the way. I didn't say that David was Michael Jordan. I said he's shooting baskets like Michael Jordan. You understand the difference? So he's not a dove. He's not an it. He is a person. A person. Hallelujah. We also reveal that the Holy Spirit has been here since the beginning of time and beginning before the world was even done anything with. When it was uh, unformed, he was here. Genesis 1-2 says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now listen, I got so excited and pumped when I read that. As a matter of fact, I got up and I shouted because it didn't say that he hovered over the dosex or even the Hewitts. He hovered over the waters, baby. That's my last name. Woo! Somebody. Shout out. Well, the Holy Spirit's on my side. Yeah. Sorry, David. Sorry, Sorry Pastor. <laughs> yeah, it's what it says. That I, right, Overing over the face of the waters. That's why my face is also so good looking. The Holy Spirit hovers over it all the time. Okay. <clears throat> Praise God. Let's move on. Okay. All throughout the Old Testament, we see him moving and doing great things. At creation, God said, let us make man in our image. Well, who was he talking to? Well, he sure wasn't talking to the donkey that he created before man because none of you out there look like a donkey. Right? He wasn't talking to the duck. Rick, you don't look like a duck. 
You look like a strong man, bro. That's right. See? No. He was talking to the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Let us make man in our image. We also look at in Genesis eleven seven at the Tower of Babel. God said, let us go down and confuse their languages that they may not understand one another's speech. He again is consulting with his son and the Holy Spirit. Three in one. He's been around since the beginning of time. Look at Judges 14, 6. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily on Samson. And tore the lion apart with his bare hands. Well, that's the kind of Holy Spirit power I want on my life. Praise God. That was beautiful. You look in here in Judges, or in Exodus 31.3, I have filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. So again, we're just recapping and saying, hey, man, the Holy Spirit has been here in the old covenant, he just didn't come on the scene in the new covenant like some people say. What people, do they not read the Bible? I don't, I mean, pastors and preachers, and do they not read the Bible? Are they that blind? Well, yeah, the Holy Spirit come on us here in the New Testament. He was the Holy Ghost in the old covenant, and now he's the Holy Spirit in the new covenant. You are whacked. I'm sorry. No. No, he's been around <laughs> forever. Hallelujah. There's so many examples of the Holy Spirit moving on and through people in the Old Covenant and giving people special abilities like we just read. And each of the Godhead has their own roles to play as well. So me, being a person that has to see things, I, I learn by seeing things. This is why I got D's and F's in school, which are fine and dandies in my book. So they were good things. I, I couldn't stand reading. I, I didn't, you know, with being ADHD, DDPPT2, on top of not knowing and liking reading, I had a double whammy against me. But if I saw something, oh, man, I pictured it and I put it together and, and things like that. How many people are like that? And they learn like that. Absolutely. A lot of us. See, all the rest of you are weird. But <laughs> we're like that. we got to see it. And that's me. So when I look at the training, I'm like, okay, how do I put that into focus in my mind? Ah, oh, I got it. So God is kind of like the architect. When you build a house, you need an architect first, correct? To draw everything up, to create it. Well, hello, God is the architect to me in the Trinity. And then, of course, you have a foreman when you're building a house. All right, he gets all the contractors together. He watches over all the contractors and he makes sure that everything looks good and everything's done properly. Well, to me, that's Jesus. He is the foreman. And then you have the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, and that's the contractor. The contractor gets the jobs done. They actually build the house. You see it happening in real life, and that's the Holy Spirit. He is the actual contractor, and that's how I look at it. See, God said, light be, and the Holy Spirit made light be. And Jesus, the Bible says, that he looked over everything and saw that it was good. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's how I see it. And I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. And hopefully that helps you out a little bit as well. But now here's the thing. When we go into the New Testament, we find that the Holy Spirit is still at work, still doing his thing in a great and mighty way as well. He hasn't stopped. He hasn't stopped. And go to 2 Thessalonians 2.7. 
It says here that for the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. So right now, according to that scripture, lawlessness, all right, is happening right here in these last days. It's happening. And before the tribulation happens, the Holy Spirit is now restraining him. He's at work right. He's restraining the one before the time. You could say it this way. The only thing holding back full hell on earth is the Holy Spirit right now. Woo. Wow. That's powerful. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. He is holding back the lawless one, so he is not revealed before God allows it. So yeah, we see lawlessness at work in a great way. If we're watching the TV, going down the street, you know, go to a bigger city. I mean, Botkins and where we live, man, we're so rural. But you go out to Denver, you go to Columbus, man, you go to Washington, man, lawlessness is at crazy heights. That right is wrong, wrong is right. Man, I mean, it's crazy out there. So we're blessed to be in a small rural community, I think. Praise God, amen to that. So, and you know, it's coming, and I can't imagine what true lawlessness is really going to happen when the Holy Spirit takes his hand off. And I don't want to be around to see that. I hope you don't either. It's already bad enough some days to stay, to stay saved by what we have to see, hear, and go through. I don't think we need to see the Holy Spirit's hand lifted to see what else is out there that we're going to have to deal with. Ooh, hallelujah. So when we look at the new covenant, guys, it's a better covenant than the old covenant. In the old covenant, remember the Holy Spirit came and went. And he'd come down, he'd do something, and then he was gone. Remember when David was anointed, the Bible said that the Holy Spirit, boom, came down on him and was with him until, of course, he messed up. And if you look and read in Psalms, he says, and he might have done it in a song, I'm not sure he did. The Holy Spirit, please don't, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Please, don't, don't. He repented, and therefore the Holy Spirit stayed. So he came and went in the Old Covenant, not in the New Covenant, not in the New Covenant. Hallelujah. And I heard an evangelist say this, and this was so good. I wish it was me, but it wasn't. He said <laughs> that the greatest gift to the world was salvation. But the greatest gift to the church was the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that's such a good statement. I wrote that down. You can write that down too. It was so good. And Jesus himself even said that it is good if I go away. And I said, well, I mean, I'm looking at that. What? It's good if you go away. Man, the disciples, if they, can you imagine they heard that, how distraught and maybe scared they might have been? They got to see him do amazing things. You know, and I think I said this the last time I told on this. Man, they never had to, to feed themselves. They never had a bill. I mean, they got to see miracles, signs, and wonders. I mean, yeah, they had to, you know, do a little crowd control every now and then until Jesus rebuked them, you know, here and there. But, I mean, they had it made. Wow, he's amazing. But yet it's better if you go. Why is it better if you go? Because if you go, I'm going to send an advocate. And who's that advocate? Absolutely. It says, John 16, 7, 
It is for your good that I go away. The advocate will come to you if I go. I will send him to you. And we know that advocate, yes, is the Holy Spirit. And if you're born again, all right, which in Romans 10 and 9, if you've confessed with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says that you will be saved, and then the Holy Spirit comes with you. That means he's with us then. He is with us. And the Bible says that he will be with us for eternity. So he's not coming and going. You give your life to Christ, bam, he's with us. He's here for us. And he's here then to help us. John 14, 16 and 7 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. You keep that because we're going to go back to that because that's really what I want to talk about here later on. So he's just not going to leave us and come back. He is with us and he will be in us. He is here to guide us in the will of God. He is here to guide us in the ways of God. He is, empowers us to live the Christ-like life that Jesus lived on this earth and even better, he empowers us to do the things that Jesus did on this earth. That's the Holy Spirit in a nutshell. Hallelujah. And that's powerful. How am I supposed to live like Christ? Are you kidding me? You just said lawlessness was everywhere. Yeah, it is. But the Holy Spirit will empower us to live the righteous life and to do the things that Jesus did. We're not going to be perfect, but man, we strive to be like Christ every day. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us do just that. Hallelujah. Amen. The Holy Spirit will never lead you down a path of destruction. He will never lead you in defeat. The Holy Spirit will never lead you into temptation. But he will make a way of escape when the temptation comes. That is absolutely what the Holy Spirit will do for you and me. Now, some of you, I don't know if you remember this or not, but a few Wednesdays ago, I taught on the doctrine of sanctification. How many of you guys still remember that? Wow, two people. Great message, obviously. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> First, First Thessalonians 4, 3 and 4 says that it is God's will that you should be sanctified. But, but, you might say, well, Pastor Randy, wait a minute, but when I was born again, when I got saved, the Bible said I was sanctified. And then you're right as well there. Yes, you were sanctified. It says here in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, when you got saved, you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified. Yes, that is called positional sanctification. You and I are set apart for God's work. That's what, that's what, remember, we're not our own people. I know we want to do our own thing, you know, and do what we want to do first and whatever, but that's really not what living a Christ life is about. We're set apart for his work. You know, remember, nothing we do on this earth matters except what is done for the kingdom. You don't believe me, read your Bible. Read your Bible. And if you don't believe me, then go to the next funeral as well. And you see what's dragging behind that dude. 
There ain't no U-Haul. There ain't nothing. I mean, there's guys that even, and I have seen this, they even put their motorcycle on the grave. They're trying to take it as close as they can with them, but they still didn't take nothing with them. Everything you do for the kingdom is all that's going to last. Everything else will be burned up as chaffed. That puts a new perspective on what we're supposed to do while we're here on this earth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right, so let me go back to here. Let's read this again in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, and 4. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Again, positional sanctification when we were born again. We're set aside for Christ. We were sanctified there. But this, he says, we should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your body in a way that is holy and honorable. This type of sanctification is called progressive sanctification. This will happen until you die. And the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us and sanctifies us on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit. He's the one that does that. And this will happen until we are perfected, of course, when we die or the rapture takes place. Amen? See, our outward behavior should match our inward righteousness. We're washed, right? We're washed, we're justified, we're sanctified. Hallelujah, we are clean on the inside. Now the outside needs to look like the inside. That's why we have the fruit of the Spirit. All right? We're supposed to start acting different, talking different, walking different. All right? Our outside should look like our inside. And the Holy Spirit is our guide to help us in that progressive sanctification on a daily basis. Are you understanding? All right, praise Lord, hallelujah. So, and we always know some days are better than others. Some days we win, and other days we don't win as good. <laughs> hallelujah. But I think if you pay attention to what I'm about to say next, you're going to understand the role of the Holy Spirit even greater in your life and my life. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it says here that Paul ends by telling the church, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the love of of, and the, the, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul brings out the Trinity right there at the end of that letter. God's love, the grace of Jesus, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Three in one. And I think some people think that the Holy Spirit is here just to help us not do bad things or just sanctify us on a daily basis, keep us out of trouble, keep the gate up, walk the kid around so he won't hit stuff. You know, no, that's part of it. But he wants to do so much more and is there for us in such a greater way than just keeping us out of trouble. And this proves it right here. Communion here means koinonia, and koinonia means three things, fellowship, partnership, and intimacy. And that is what the Holy Spirit wants to do with you and I. He wants to fellowship with us, partner with us, and he wants to be intimate with us. The Holy Spirit wants to talk with us, guys. He wants to commune with us. Listen, he's the same. He never changes. What did he do in the Garden of Eden with Adam? He walked with him in the cool of the day. He communed with him every evening. And it hasn't changed. He wants us to commune with him as well. Talk with him as well. Fellowship with him as well. Be intimate with him as well. Partner with us as well. He wants to be a part of your life. And, and as I said, and Pastor repeated it, you know, I, we ignore the Holy Spirit. 
more than anything. You know, how does your kid feel when you ignore him or her? You know, how does your dog feel when you ignore it? You know, sometimes our dog comes to the door with a little smile. She actually smiles and her teeth is weird, actually. You know, and some days I'm just like, I'm busy. I go right by her and everything. And then I'll turn around, I'll see her just, oh, I said, come here, Ginger, come here. You know, well, how do you think the Holy Spirit feels? He's living in you. He's with you. And we ignore him. We don't ask him anything. We don't commune with him at all. Hallelujah. <clears throat> okay. The Holy Spirit wants to talk with us and be with us. And in today's society and the busyness of life, there are so many voices shouting at us. Our mind is talking to us. How do we decipher between our mind talking to us, the devil talking to us, because he wants to talk to us and is talking to us, and the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you how you decipher it relationship, communing with him. That's how you decipher the three. And then your wife or your husband talking to you. Hallelujah. We just ignore them. <laughs> I don't ignore my wife. She's very smart and intelligent. Hallelujah. And if I do ignore her, I have to apologize. Like uh, today. <laughs> it was my idea. Let's bring pastor in. Let's just let the congregation just roll. And, and hallelujah, and their prayers, man, they've availed much. And let's just honor them by bringing him in here. Woo, boy, you don't know what it took to get him here, to keep him back there, to not get him to do this or that. And, of course, Nicole looked at me and said, well, I said, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> she said, it wasn't, I don't think this is a good idea, right? I was like, well, but, man, I mean, the congregation's going to love it. You know, and, and so this is so, yeah, yes, I know. Yes, hallelujah. You get the fruit of it. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So she's already asked me twice, and, and so twice I've said, I'm sorry, honey. So praise the Lord. <laughs> Jesus, help us all. Oh, hallelujah. So listen to your wives, man. I'm telling you what. You'll be out of trouble. You'll save thousands. You'll be better off <laughs> if you listen to them. So listen, and be, speaking of relationships, you know your kids' voices. You know your spouse's voices if they're in a crowd somewhere because you know them. You've been around them. You have fellowship with them. You know your kid's voice from anybody else's voice. So that's what it's going to take to really decipher between all the stuff that's coming at you. And I found a really good example here in Acts, the 8th chapter, and this is Philip. Now let's look at this. Acts 8, verses 26. It said, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert. But Philip asked why. Oh, it didn't say that? Oh, but you and I do. Well, God tells us to do something. Why? 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 God, why are you sending me out to the desert to die? Why? Why? Oh. How far in the desert am I going, Lord? How long am I going to be there? What am I really supposed to do? Why are you not telling me? Well, should, I, should I bring a donkey and a cooler? I, what? This is what we do. You know, we, we try to rationalize things instead of just do it when the Holy Spirit says something. But Philip didn't do that. No, he simply arose and he went, the Bible says. No questions asked. 
And it says, And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge over her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And the story goes on to where he led him to the Lord, got him baptized, and so on. But look up here. He knew the difference between an angel speaking to him and the Holy Spirit speaking to him. That's relationship, folks. He didn't question it. He just did it. Years ago, time is running out today. Years ago, I was drinking... A Coke. Nicole and I were Coke fanatics. Coca-Cola fanatics. Thank you. Put that straight. This is the 21st century. I better put that in. Coca-Cola, drinking Coca-Cola fanatics. We had a Coca-Cola room. My gosh, it's going bad fast. A Coca-Cola room. We had Coca-Cola paraphernalia, all kinds of stuff. I mean, not paraphernalia. Man, this is really going bad. Really going bad. (laughs) Memorabilia. Hallelujah. And all we did was drink Coca-Cola. That's all we did, man. We drank Coca- every day. We drank, 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 drank Coca-Cola. All of a sudden, one day, the Holy Spirit said to me, "Drink water." That's all He said. Drink water, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit. Drink water. Hmm. I didn't say why. I like Coca-Cola. You know I like Coca-Cola. What are you talking about? Drink water. I've never heard anything else since that day. This was years ago. Drink water. The Holy Spirit knows things that we don't know about ourselves. You know, he, the, God knows the future, right? Now, yes, I cheat, okay? I drink a Dr. Pepper every now and then, but mostly, and my friends know mostly, I drink water. When we go to restaurants, Mr. Compton, what do you order for me when I go to the bathroom and wash my hands? What? Agua, water, yes. <laughs> yes, and it's sitting there. I drink water. I haven't asked why. Listen, there's things, if I had said, no, I ain't drinking water, eh, devil, get thee behind me, you don't want me to have fun, blah, blah, blah. I could be in the hospital today, I could be dead today, I don't know why he said drink water, but God does, and so I'm doing it, and I don't question it. You see my point? Just do it. We don't have to know why all the time, but thank God I don't know what's going to happen, because I'm obeying. All right, praise the Lord. Okay, relationship. That's how you decipher the difference between all those voices. In Acts 20, 22, and 23, Paul says, And see, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying, And the chains and tribulations await me. Well, thanks, God. (laughs) Hallelujah. But the point is there. He is fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, right? He's being led by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is telling him things to come as he goes and is leading him from city to city. That's awesome. That's relationship. That's communing. Even Jesus was led in the wilderness, as we know and read, by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit wants to fellowship with us, partner with us, and have an intimate relationship with us. Man, he's the spirit of counsel, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding. He has so many things to you and I. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I, I don't want to go into, I don't have time to go into the other two. I don't have time to go into the partnering with us and intimate relationship with us. But he is like every sign that you and I see on the road today, right? He'll tell us, listen, this is the way you need to go. Don't go any other way, right? He'll tell us to stop. You know what? No, I don't think that's good for you, God. And if you're fellowshipping with him, this stuff's going to work, right? He's going to tell you, no, no, you better turn right back around and go back the other way, right? He's going to do those things for us. He's going to say, hey, be careful. Yield to me. Can I take over? Let me take over. He's going to do those things for us. <coughs> He's going to warn us. Don't go there. Don't do that, right? Keep out. He's going to help us do all these things. Yeah, this, you're going down the wrong path, bro. You need to like give up that idea. This ain't me. This is you. Listen to me and your wife. <laughs> Slow down. All right, I gave you the idea. This is a God idea. Yes, this is my idea. And my wife approved, but slow down. <laughs> Take it easy. He's going to help us in all these situations if we'll let him and have a relationship with him and commune with him. Come on, can I hear an amen? amen. All right. The scripture verse that we went back to, John 14, 17. But you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. He is referring to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Man, this, the Holy Spirit goes on and on and on. There is so much that he is here to do for us and wants to have for us. Um, I know Pastor talked about this the other Sunday. Uh, and so let me put it this way concerning the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which is speaking in our heavenly language, uh, speaking in tongues, or our private prayer language, as some people have stated. Now, I want to say this, and I'm going to be as loving and kind and truthful as I can be in this situation and what I'm getting ready to say. You can be saved. You can be used of God. You can live for God and still go to heaven without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Hallelujah. You can even go to heaven without being baptized in water. Hello? God wants us to have these things, you know, but if nothing happened and you didn't do these things, you're going to heaven, folks. All right? You're going to heaven. Lord, the cross, the thief on the cross proves that, right? When the one guy was cursing him and saying, ah, save us all, bro, if you say you're this and that. And the other guy said, hey, man, shut up. Leave him alone. Yo, remember me, man, in paradise when you go. And Jesus looks over and says, today you will be with me in paradise. But first, yo, dude, that sponge down there, will you put that over his head and squeeze it? You know, sprinkle him a little bit so he can go to heaven with me? No, he didn't say that, did he? No, not at all. No. But he wants us to do those things and have those things. All right, so I don't want any condemnation to come on you feeling guilty. If somebody said, well, you ain't filled with the Holy Spirit. Who do you think you are? So I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm sanctified by the blood. I'm set apart just like you. And if you can't do it, let me know. I'll tell them for you. All right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But if you're going to follow the biblical pattern, you can't undo or ignore the way God validated and launched Jesus into his ministry the way the beginning of the church started, 
or how Jesus told the apostles not to leave Jerusalem until they were filled in the upper room. Amen? Right? Then their ministry started. And I don't understand the argument for years and years about speaking in tongues. It's so clear and it's so simple. Yes, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 8, that tongues will cease, that prophecies will fail, and knowledge will vanish away. Listen, people are still prophesying. People are still getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And dear God, look at knowledge today. Take AI, for instance. Wow! That's almost scary and freaky, isn't it? I mean, you can like, you, AI, you know, you can, Andrew does all this stuff, man. He's, he freaks me out. I love him to death. You know, Andrew, man, I, I, I need to say something cool to my wife, man, for Valentine's Day. Hold on, bro. Here, AI will do it. You know, tell my wife I love her. Man, AI will write an awesome paragraph, and you can just go, baby, this is from my heart. Woo! Man, she'll be all over you. I'm telling AI is amazing. The knowledge that thing has, it's scary. So knowledge is everywhere, okay, and it's still happening. Praise the Lord. Uh, a few weeks back, uh, I felt I was supposed to ask the kids in the second to fourth grade, hey, would you like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Explain it to them. About 10 or 12 came up. Man, some were filled instantly, instantly. Last Wednesday, back in Slam, a couple kids, I think two girls, oh, no, it was a boy and a girl, got it instantly. I said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Beautiful. So if, if the Holy Spirit is not supposed to be filling people, then he ain't got the memo from God and Jesus. All right? And listen, <laughs> they're one. They're one. It, put it this way. It wouldn't be happening, guys, if it wasn't supposed to be happening. It just wouldn't be happening because God is not double-minded. All right? But it's happening everywhere I go to Africa, I'm walking down a pipe, and I've never done it before, and God said, fill them. Man, he is so straight to the point. I ain't even got to the field yet, and I see the kids, and he said, fill them. Oh, great. Oh, my gosh. How am I going to do this? You know, and you're thinking and everything. And so I, so I did my whole spew and then did salvation if anyone to get saved. And then I asked them, hey, you know what? I told them about me and what happened to me and what the infilling of the Holy Spirit was. And it's a gift. It's a grace gift. It's just beautiful. You can have it. It's going to give power. Blame. And listen to me, all, every kid raised their hand. They won. I was like, wow, I just prayed. You ought to heard them start speaking in the heavenly language. People that were with me were from Texas. And I don't think that they, they knew much about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. They were crying. Cry. I've never seen such. I have to apologize to the Lord. Oh, this is so beautiful. You know? So if it wasn't supposed to be happening, it wouldn't be happening. Okay? All right. We have knowledge. Things are happening. It's not yet time for it to depart. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. So in my own experience, I was 12 years old at a church camp. It happened. I'm, I'm not going to go into much detail. But I just stood there, and he said, you want to be filled? I said, sure. I didn't even know what it really was, man. I was been saved since I was six or seven. I said, okay, raise your hands. I rose my hand. He said, he prayed for me. He said, now whatever comes out of your belly, just start saying it. I said, okay. La, 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 la. That's what, that's what came out. La, la, la. I'm simple. God knows it. I woke up three hours later. The church was dark. And again, true story, there was three beautiful girls that were standing above me when I woke up. I thought I was in heaven. Ah, oh, boy. Anyhow. So... The next night, true story, that's true, that really happened. The next night, we had church, and he said, come on, everybody, start praying. And I just prayed, and all of a sudden, it just started flowing. I was like, wow. So the next thing is, is if it's of the devil, 
then the devil gave me something that moved me closer to God. <laughs> the devil gave me something that made me love God more and witness more. He gave me something that gave me power to cast him out and everything about him. It don't make sense, folks. It doesn't make sense. Hall am I right? Hey, come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, too, speaking in tongues edifies you and I. There's a national speaker. I won't say his name. He said that is a derogatory thing. We're not supposed to be speaking in tongues because it edifies us. What? Yeah, it builds ourselves up. It brings pride to our lives. I had his quote. I could have put it up here, but I ain't doing all that. I'm like, what? You foul devil, you. No way. Prophecy edifies the church, but speaking in tongues edifies you, and that's wrong. It builds yourself up. You're supposed to stay humble and not prideful. I was going crazy. It's a negative thing. But here's the problem, and this is what Paul, he said, Paul, this is what Paul meant here. But if Paul really meant that, then Paul is double-minded. Because on down in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Well, you prideful thing, Paul. Uh-huh. And then he says on further, I wish that all of you would speak in tongues. So you want all of us to be prideful? What in the world? Dude, this is crazy. It's so simple. I don't understand why there's arguments on it. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm a simple dude. So if I can get it, man, I don't know what's going on. Because I am not homiletical, philosophical, hominitical, and hermeneutical at all. Okay, let's go on. In Ephesians, the sixth chapter, Paul is telling us to put on the whole armor of God, do it every day, and he finishes that by saying this in Ephesians 6, 17, and 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. On all occasions, guys. Not just some, on all occasions. Pray in the Spirit. Come on, it's almost like don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And when you don't know what to pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. There's only so many things you can say to ask the Lord to pray for your son or daughter that's not living for the Lord. God, I thank you for saving them. God, I thank you for bringing people by their path. Oh, God, I just, I don't know what they're doing out there in California, but Lord, I just know that you're touching them. You're bringing people by their path. I mean, that can get old. But when you pray in the Spirit, mm -mm -mm, the Bible says that you pray directly to God. Directly to God when you pray in the Spirit. Wow, that makes me want to pray in the Spirit all the time. And he knows things that we don't know. He knows where that daughter or that son is. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Man, he'll attack him. He'll do whatever he needs to. Intercede. He intercedes for you and I and helps us in our weaknesses, the Bible says, when we pray in the Spirit. It's a wonderful gift. A wonderful gift. The Holy Spirit is so amazing. He does so much for us, and he goes as far as to give us the gift of tongues if we simply ask for it. <coughs> Excuse me. So basically today in closing, if you would love to have that gift, it's simply asking him, and he will give it to you. That's it. Simply asking him. And I wrote this down because this was really good, I thought. What happened at Pentecost was not a religion it was an experience. And he wants you and I to have that same experience. Listen, all I did 
in slam class would say, would you guys like your heavenly language? Yes, Pastor Randy. Well, then come on up here. Now, raise your hands. Now, I'm going to pray, and I just want you to say, fill me. Fill me, Lord. Fill me. And I prayed. And I said, now say, fill me. And they said, fill me. I said, now, whatever comes out, like if you have like some little syllables maybe that are coming out of your belly or whatever that's coming up, just start speaking it by faith. By faith. We live and move by faith. We receive everything from God by faith pleases God. So this is no different is we just ask and he will give it to you. Now I can't say that you'll fall out and three hours later three beautiful girls are going to be standing over your head. <laughs> it's different for everybody. You know, I was 12, remember? I was 12, okay? <laughs> it's different for everybody. But he'll give it to everybody, all those that ask. In salvation, we are born a new person. Baptism in water, we say bye-bye to the old person. And when we are filled with the Spirit, it gives us the power to walk in, in every newborn life in victory and with power. That's just fantastic. That's what the infilling of the Holy Spirit does. So, everybody stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Holy Ghost. Praise you, Jesus. Mm. Being filled with the Holy Spirit will help us abide on a supernatural level, guys. I'd have to ask myself, why wouldn't I want this gift? And then I'd have to ask myself, what am I missing out by not having the gift? You know? It's simply ask. That's it. So if you would like that gift this morning, the Holy Spirit is here and he wants to give you this gift, then all I want you to do is by faith, just raise your hands to God. Close your eyes, raise your hand. Who cares who's around you? We're all family here. Nothing weird or stupid's gonna happen. We're all here to help you. We're all here to lift you up. And I just want you to raise your hands right now. I'm going to pray. And when I pray, I just want you to say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I thank you for that heavenly language right now in Jesus' name. And he is going to fill you just like that. Father, we come before you today, God, and I thank you for the church being here. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And God, you just, you just said ask. Ask, and we shall receive. And Lord, I just thank you right now with these hands that are raised today, Lord God, that want that infilling of the Holy Spirit. They want that power, Lord God, that you have for them. This experience, Lord God, that will help them on their journey and their Christian walk. Give them boldness, Lord God, power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Lord, you are filled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the pattern that we need to do. And we ask you right now for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just raise your mouths tonight and just say, Lord, thank you. Fill me in Jesus' name. Fill me in Jesus' name. Just ask him to fill me. All you have to do is once and just start thanking him. Just start thanking him that you're filled. He's here right now, and he is filling people all throughout this congregation 
right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I, we come before you now, God, in agreement as touching God. And we thank you for filling these people, Lord God. Hallelujah. Filling them, Lord God, with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, with the evidence of speaking in tongues this morning, God. I thank you for it, Holy Spirit. God, I thank you, Father, right now. And God, we rebuke any type of discouragement. We rebuke fear, Lord God, right now from their minds, God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for clarity of their mind. Hallelujah. Devil, get thee behind them. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you, Father, for filling each and every one of them today, Lord God, with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. And by faith, just speak it out. By faith, just speak it out. Hallelujah. Whatever syllable comes to your mind, it's there. He's here. He's done it. We've asked for it in Jesus' name, and it's done. I thank you, Father, for it right now, God. Oh, we give you praise as a congregation. We thank you and we praise you, Jesus, for that infilling today, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that it is a witness to the unbeliever. And I thank you for it today, God, for giving them and filling them with power in the name of Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 That's it, guys. That's it. Hallelujah, it's done. Just speak it out by faith, by faith, by faith. Exercise it at night, exercise it wherever, and it will build. Hallelujah, it will increase in your life as well. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it today, for filling them, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and said, man, Pastor Andy, I want I want that in my life. I need change. I'm tired of being the same old, same old. Then this is your opportunity right now as well. If you want Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, come on down here and one of these guys are going to pray for you. And ladies, we'll pray for you right now. Just come on down. Hallelujah. Again, we're all family here. We've all had to do this one way or another. If you feel it, listen, it's the Holy Spirit. He's convicting you. Hallelujah. He wants you saved. He wants you blessed. He wants you healed. If there's anybody, come on down right now. Holly, don't just yield. Just yield. Put the yield sign in your mind and just yield to him today. Hallelujah. You'll be happier for it. Praise the God. Don't resist. Don't resist. Don't resist. Is there anybody? Is there anybody? I know the first step's the hardest, but then it gets easier from there. We're here with you, helping you. Anybody at all? Nobody at all. Nicole, you okay? You good? Okay. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many of you feel like you were filled when you prayed? When you filled? Come on. How many of you? Yes. Amen. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. You just keep it up. You just keep going. Don't stop. Don't let it stop. You just keep on the way home. Instead of talking to your wife, just start praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It'll increase. It's good. Praise the Lord. He's a good God and he wants to give us gifts. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray and dismiss today. Father, oh, I just thank you for so, so many good things that you have done today in our lives. Lord God, the teaching of your word that is life and that is Zoe. And God, we get to learn a little bit more about you and what you have for us and what you want for us and how you help us and not just leave us alone in this death and dying world. Oh, we thank you for that Holy Spirit. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you're here with us, wanting to commune with us, wanting to help us. God, in our businesses, Lord God, in our walks with life, in our decisions that we make. 
I thank you, Father, that the congregation today will use you and will acknowledge you and will not ignore you. But God, will you will let, they will let you lead them and guide them and help them. Hallelujah. I know that wisdom and knowledge will come to them. And they'll think, wow, man, I had that idea. No, you didn't. The Holy Spirit gave you that idea. Because that's who he is and that's what he wants to do for us. Bless them as they go on their way this week, Lord God. Bless their families. God, bless their children. God, bless them at work, at school, at home, at their jobs. In Jesus' name, we thank you for great favor everywhere they walk and they tread. We thank you for great business deals to come through, Lord God. Oh, God, we thank you for favor, Father. Hallelujah, at work, favor at home, favor at the grocery store, favor, Father, if they need a washer or dryer because you meet every need according to your riches and glory. And Holy Spirit, thank you for guiding us this week. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Thank you. We love you guys. See you tonight, hopefully, at the park.